You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. Well, a very good morning to you today. Wow, it's so good to see people coming out of COVID hibernation. It is good to be able to be together. I'm just delighted. It's been a long time for, for many of you, and we're even seeing some some visitors that we haven't seen, that have only been online. So it's just great to be together. And last week, didn't we have a great Easter, oh my goodness, sunrise service out in that beautiful space, Easter egg hunt the day before in that beautiful space, and through the building, right? Our teenagers led our little ones through the building on a scavenger hunt. And then to have three really great services last week. And then today... Today, I'm excited for my audacious proposal that I've given you for these last several weeks to teach you how to get whatever you want. Now, that doesn't sound like a very apparently Christian proposition, does it? I mean, it kind of seems to miss on a few levels to teach someone how to get what they want. I mean, that sounds selfish. It sounds kind of focused on my desires and my wants it sounds like you know i'm not caring at all about others but i really want you to stick with me on this because i I don't want to come across as a snake oil salesman all right and this is not that because i know with a title you'll think that there's some kind of a setup you're waiting for me to pivot some way that I'm just baiting you and hooking you and then going a different direction, right? You're, you've got your guard up today if I'm promising over these next few weeks to teach you how to get what you want. It just doesn't seem to make sense. But I'm, I'm very serious about this. There's going to be something in this for everyone. Because some of the things that I'm going to teach you, you could use for bad purposes. You could use to get things that are not so good maybe even immoral, all right? So that might be a bit of an appeal for someone who's on the outside of teaching you how to get something that you want. But you see that I'm a Christian. We're here in church. You know that I'm a minister. So you know that even though I'm going to be presenting these, I'm going to be leaning toward teaching you how to be good. That's really what I want to be about. But the things that I'm teaching have such wisdom in them and such significance that come from beyond me that they can be used in a lot of different ways. So, first things first. What do you want? I mean, don't we have to start there? What is it that you desire and want to have? Now, it seems pretty appealing. We've all had things that we want. We've all wished for the, the genie in the lamp, right? And we all know what we do with the genie. You get those three wishes. And what, what do you do with that third wish? There we go. Three more wishes. Just make that infinity. Keep it going. And we've all looked into the genie that is the internet and shopped and window shopped and browsed, maybe even traveled virtually, considered all these things that we want. In fact, you've probably even clicked on that survey. Answer three questions and get a $100 Amazon gift card. 
Answer three questions and get a free iPhone. How many of you have seen that survey come across your phone? Okay, how many of you have done it? Okay, yeah, I see a couple of sheepish things. I've done it before and I get caught in the cycle loop where I have to power down my phone. We get drawn into these of what we really, really want. Now I asked you to, uh, to pull out the cards that you were handed on the way in. So there's two three by five cards. And I'm gonna give you a bit more instructions in a minute. You can set one to the side. We won't need it initially. But take one of them and fold it in half. And you can unfold it. And I want you to start your list of once in one half of one side of this page, okay? So you can start your list of the things that you truly and seriously want. Things, people, you can put whatever you want there. You could choose to go with the lines or against the lines, that doesn't matter. But for now, just keep that running and I'll tell you what we'll do with the other parts in just a moment. As you put those serious ones down, I wanna tell you a story about a very brilliant person who, whenever this person came into towns, came into towns to screams. They were something of a, a spiritual guru. They have a track record of being in touch with the spiritual world. In fact, being conversational with people on both sides of the world. They have a track record of healing people of ailments and being powerful speakers. So this person, when they come into town, comes into town like a pop star comes into town, to the screams of teenagers. You know, if, if, if uh, they're screaming and yelling, sometimes those screams are just out of sheer delight, and other times they're trying to get the attention of this person. And one particular man heard the chatter, and he had to hear the chatter because his eyes didn't function. He couldn't see. And he heard the chatter that this spiritual guru was coming into town, and so he threw up his verbal placard, have mercy on me. The story that I'm talking about you might be familiar with. It comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. And I want to read you part of this story. As Jesus approached Jer Jericho, verse 35, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard a crowd going by, he asked what was happening, and they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Then he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front of him sternly ordered him to be quiet. But he shouted even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? The word of the Lord from the Gospel of Luke. All right, I'm not going to say much about this story today. I mean, I'll just be straight with you. What I sense and see out of Jesus is rudeness. I mean, he seems fairly pitiless. Do you catch what's happening? The blind man is screaming and yelling. It's kind of like when my sister was in the airport 
You know, this blind man has people in front of him. My sister went into the airport. She was a young mom at the time, had a young kid, bags on every arm, and she didn't have something. It was either her driver's license or her ticket. She didn't have something. And whenever she told the TSA agent she didn't have it, the TSA agent let her stay right here, and he just began screaming, people, would you please get out your driver's license? and your tickets, have them ready. So he's just yelling at her, and she's right there. That's the experience of these people. They're like, shut up, be quiet. But he wants to get Jesus' attention. And Jesus stops, and he stands still, and he says, bring the man to me. Okay, this just seems not pastoral, so inconsiderate. The man is blind. He orders the man to come to him, and then he asks him a question. What do you want me to do for you? How's that for a question? The man is blind. Is it not apparent, Jesus, what needs to happen here? It is. But Jesus makes the man indicate what it is that he wants from Jesus. And that's where we're at today. You know, if I'm going to start telling you how to get what you want, you're going to have to know and identify what you want. That is our sole purpose today, is to help you identify what your wants are. So that you can articulate that and state it. Being able to say it even to Jesus. What you really, really want. Now you've got something in front of you, and I, I need to let you know, you're not going to have to share this. There's going to be no pressure. This is this is private. I'm not going to force you to share anything at all. In fact, if you look at your card, there might be some things that might be difficult to write on there, maybe even embarrassing to write on that card. Things that are hard to put down. When you think about what you want, it might be exactly the same as what you wanted when you were 14 years old. Odds are, it's probably a lot different. So much has changed since you were that age, even if it was just a year removed from now. Well, what is it that you want? As you write there on that one quarter of the open space that you have, half of one side, uh, it's probably pretty likely you can look at those things. And you probably wrote some spiritual things on there. Because we're in church, you know, and I'm holding a Bible. So you probably put something maybe focused on your family. Maybe something spiritual for yourself. Something kind of God-focused. Is that possible? Do I see any nods? Okay, now I told you there's no pressure. You didn't have to share anything at all. But yes, that's probably there. Because it's kind of likely to give that pious answer because of where we're at. But I'm wanting you to go beyond this space. Beyond Scripture. And think about you and what you really want and desire. Take some limits off. Take the handcuffs off for a minute. What is it that you want? Is it food? Is there some kind of food? Is it being able to prepare a certain dish? Is it travel? Is it sex? Is it a friendship? Is it a relationship? What is it that you want? Pleasure? Entertainment? There are lots of things that you could put down there. And I want you to be honest. It might be that you'd like to be recognized. You'd like someone to notice what you do. For someone to give their stamp of approval 
for maybe your fame to spread widely. I don't know what it is for you, and I'm not wanting to put you in any kind of a box. I want you to write what's on your mind. It could be money. It could be a possession that's big like a boat. One big purchase. It could be lots of little purchases, like maybe you collect ceramic poodles, and you just want unlimited money to collect a bunch of ceramic poodles. I don't know what it is. What is it that you want? All right, well, let's go, let's go further. Let's go deeper. It could be that you pull your card out now, and you've got some things on that one half, right? So you pull that card out, and I want you to write three words for me. One word on each of the blank spaces. And this will be like a heading. So in one, the first blank space, write the heading necessity. Necessity. Flip the card over on the back side and write comfort, comforts. And then on the final blank space, write luxuries. So let your mind think. It could be that some of the things that you wanted are truly necessities. You know what these are, food and water and shelter. We could go further than that, a feeling of safety, of having an, a way to earn a living, to, to support yourself. A comfort, it's a little step further beyond that. It's providing some kind of ease to life. Maybe you save money or you save time by something. Maybe you learn a new skill some comfort, and then a luxury. We know what those are, too. It might be something that you already have, like a car, but you want the best one, you know, the latest one, or the best model, the newest model, whatever it is, something that you don't need at all. It's not a comfort, not a necessity. Now, these are common ways that we do this, right? It's not, it's not atypical. In fact, this is how economists like us to think about ourselves in a capitalist economy. They like for us to think about these categories. And what they tend to want to do is to try to move some pieces around to get us to think about a luxury is really, you know, maybe that's just a comfort. That's not really a luxury, that's a comfort. Or to push it into uh, the necessity category, like food. Yeah, food is a necessity, but what about that perfect cut of meat, that finest dining experience Okay, now that's a luxury. That's not really in that necessity, even though it's food. Okay, well, that's, that's one way we could slice and dice this. Now look at your list. You're still probably adding things onto it. I don't want you to limit yourself. I want you to be wide open. Um, let's go back further. Let's go even further to ancient Greece, thousands of years ago, even a couple hundred years before Jesus. There was a guy, Epicurus, who basically laid out some of these same words about things that are desires or wants or passions that are of nature. So that would be like hunger or thirst. They're natural inclinations. His second category would be things that are natural but maybe not necessary. So it may be natural to want to have a lot of friends. It's not really necessary. It may be natural to want to have sex, but you don't have to have sex really ever in your life, right? So it's natural, but it's not necessary. And then the final category, man, he just bulldozed everything into it, every kind of desire. 
And he called them vain. So for power and wealth and money, all get lumps into that category. Now you can tell with this guy, everything's focused on pleasure or the avoidance of pain. There was another group. And this group, about the same time, the Stoics. And the way that uh, Zeno in third century Athens described desire was in, in four ways. And I'll give you four words. You don't have to write these words down, but it, it's a way of describing desires. Two of them are future and two of them are present. One of them is going to be away and one of them is toward. So the first one is a desire. A desire is something where you're attracted to or drawn to something that you anticipate is good. So it's future. It's not something that you presently have. Okay, so that's, that's uh, desire. Fear is something that you're repelled from, you kind of are drawn away from, because you anticipate it as being bad. All right, so those are both anticipating. They're future. But what about present? Well, there's something that uh, could distress you in the present moment that you anticipate as being bad, right? So that's something that is a, a, a passion or a desire that's in that present moment that you're drawn away from. It's a distress. The flip side of that is a delight. Something in the present moment delights you that you want and are drawn to. So do you see the difference there? Two pairs, a drawing away and a drawing to. One is about the future and one is about the, the past. Okay, Brady, I didn't want to go to ancient Greece this morning. I didn't sign up for a graduate course in philosophy. This is not what we're about. Okay, right. I'm wanting to get us to think in as many ways as I can about our wants, about our desires to get you making this list, putting it down, your serious desires. So look at your list. Has everybody got a few things on it? I'm wanting you to identify the one desire that you have, the one want that you have, the one thing that might feel even like a need for you. And that's what we're focused in on. With the blind man, when Jesus came to him, he was very clear about what he wanted. He didn't have to write it down on a three-by-five card. It was a physical thing that he wanted. He was able to state it quickly and succinctly. And yours might fit into that category. It might be something that's like impossible, some form of healing, something that you want for yourself. But whatever it is, I want you to be able to identify it. Your want even if it's impossible, even if it's well without, well without sight of your reach. Now I have to tell you, I am not going to be able to give you what you want. All right? John, you already knew that, but I am not going to be able to give you what you want. I can't even guarantee that you will get what you want. My aim over these next few weeks is to show you how to get what you want. And the first thing that I will give you today is this, to ask for what you want. Ask for it. That's what this blind man does. That's what Jesus invited him to do and invites us to do. 
Now you might think, okay, wait a second, I'm not a believer. I, I, I don't know if I can trust God on this one. That's okay. You need to be able to ask for what you want, to be able to identify it. Now, I'm not even saying that you need to ask God for it now. But this is something that you can do. We can deal with this next week. For this week, the bar is set as you identifying what you want. Whether you're a believer or a non-believer, I challenge you to begin thinking about how you will present this to God, how you will ask God for what you want. Take it as something of a test, something of what you want to do. Of course there are logical limits of age or money or wisdom or our ability to be able to achieve or get this thing that we want. But I want you to not think so much about those limitations, but really get in touch and in tune with what you truly want. Even telling God, I don't believe you can give me this. <laughs> Offering to God what your want is. We'll deal with that in a future time. Well, the truth about this world is that God has arranged the world where we can do what we want. If you want to eat dessert for every meal, take a tray of those cupcakes home and just let that be your meal all day long, you could. If you want to watch porn on your phone, you can. If you want to spend all your money or steal someone else's money, you can do those things. You can do what you want. Now, there are always consequences for the things that we do, but you are in a world that God has arranged where there is freedom for you to choose to do exactly what you want. Now, I know that there are going to be some of you that are going to meet me at the door and they're going to say this. Brady, I just don't want anything. I don't need anything. And that's fantastic. I mean, odds are that puts you in a category where you are a very content person. It also may put you in a category where a lot of your needs and your wants and maybe even some luxuries are already yours. They don't even have to be fantastic luxuries. Gold-plated car or something. No. But all of those things are taken care of you. So it's more of a, a thoughtful, holy question to say to me, well, I don't think I want anything at all. Well, well think about that. If you don't want, it might be because you don't lack anything. And if we don't lack anything, and yet we can look around us and see people who are in need, maybe that poses this question in a whole new way for a certain subset of us, okay? So I'm really pushing the gas on you identifying exactly what you want and what you need. Well, this sermon, it's going to feel like it's missing something, like it's incomplete. But I want you to know that God is the most trustworthy being in the universe. And He is trustworthy with whatever you want to ask Him. He's safe. This is a good being. And I want to encourage you and challenge you, if it's something new to you, to begin to enter this kind of a relationship with God where you can talk with Him about what you want. So it'll feel a little incomplete this week. And I'll close with this story. Many years ago, uh, Don and I went on a couple's retreat. 
It was specifically for couples who were in ministry. And there are only enough people at this retreat who could sit around a kitchen table because we were at a bed and breakfast. And at this retreat, each day, our only responsibility was to come and to eat with that group of people and engage with the woman who was leading us in this retreat. On the second day of the retreat, she asked a question. And it came from this story of the blind man. I don't know whether it was the one in, in Matthew or Mark or this one in Luke. They're all a little bit different and a whole lot the same. But all of them contain Jesus asking this question, what do you want me to do for you? And she told us that for that day and for the retreat, she wanted us to think about Jesus coming to us and posing that same question. What do you want me to do for you? That's the question I'm leaving us with this week. That's your assignment with your card. I've given you even a blank one where you can start over if you want and make a more complete and full list. Is it a person? Is it a place? Is it a thing? You don't have to worry about all those different categorizations like Zeno or like Epicurus. We're not trying to put value judgments on these things. You think about what you want. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are an approachable God. That you allow us to approach you in worship. Approach you through these ancient words of Scripture. Approach you even with a question that you ask of us. Wanting to know what we want. God, I pray that you bless all ears that are hearing me today, wherever they may be. That they will get serious and spend some time thinking about what it is that they want. And make a complete list, a full list. And I ask God that you bless our time together over these coming couple of weeks. Pray all this through Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.